your biggest fear is going to be you got to jump. He said, you can't think about it. He said, it's got to go. He said, if you think about it, you're not going to do it. Welcome back to another episode of the Skid Steer Nation podcast. It's your host, Ryan Deemer, yet again. Today, we're talking with a gentleman named Jeremy Freer. He's down in Rison, Arkansas. He's been in business for about four years now. He's got a beautiful wife, two beautiful young children. And just like all of you out there listening to this, man, he's got to hustle and grind every day. He's got to do the tasks that required. He's got a couple of guys working with him, and we're going to dig into the meat and potatoes of how he's operating his business, the journey he took to get to where he's at, and maybe discuss a few of the goals he has to get where he wants to go. Before I introduce Jeremy to the show, I do want to remind all of you, though, that SkidSteerNation.com is your preferred vendor for high-quality American-made skid steer attachments. So if you are out doing projects or you're getting ready to bid and quote something new and you don't quite have the right tool or you need to replace one that you've had for years, visit SkidSteerNation.com. Check out our collection of all of our attachments from buckets and graders to augers and trenchers to telescoping booms, four-in-one buckets, tree pullers, stump grinders. They're all there. SkidSteerNation.com. All right. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, man. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day and and uh, being here today. No, it ain't no problem. I'm here. Yeah. So, so rise in Arkansas, like in correlation to, I guess, Little Rock is really the only landmark I'm aware of in the state. Where are you at compared to that? Well, I'm about fifty. You ever heard of Pine Bluff? Uh, is Pine Bluff? Is that down south? It's, it's- yeah, it's about 45 minutes south of Pine Bluff, but I'm another 15 minutes south of Pine Bluff. So Okay. And then where's Bull, Shoals, where's Bull Shoals at compared to you? Oh, that's uh, that's in Missouri. Oh, it uh, is? Well, I'll say that. I got friends that no. want me to go down there. They, they want me to go down there and do scuba diving with them, and they always tell me it's in Arkansas, so I've never looked uh, it up. <laughs> maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no big deal, man. <laughs> So yeah, your company, I love that you just named it Jeremy's Excavation. I mean, simple. Yeah. I just tried to keep it simple and I was kind of hesitant on, you know, how I wanted, what I wanted to name it. So I just come up with that and went with it. I like it. And then you got your, you got started back in 2019, right before COVID? Yes, sir. Yeah, we started up then and been on the roll since, so Nice. So before that, I, I think you told me you were in like an industrial mechanic. Correct. I've been industrial maintenance my whole life. You know, my my dad was mechanic and electrician and, and I kind of followed his trade until I bought an excavator and then I kind of went my own route. What what pushed you or what what pulled you in to buying an excavator and starting this? Uh, I had a friend down here that had one. He had a small mini X and then uh, we talked about going in business together to, you know, try to work together. And um, so I bought that, bought my first mini X and then kind of went from there. How did you promote that when you first bought that mini X? Like I'm assuming just like most guys, you were willing to do anything and everything. Yeah, we did a lot. Uh, We still do a lot. I don't turn anything down. So the mini X, most of my stuff, my advertising and everything comes off Facebook. Does it? And was that the same back mm-hmm. in 2019 also? Yes. Very nice, man. So what was your first job you got when you started the business? Well, me and my buddy went down there and filled in a swimming pool. Okay. That was one of the first ones I was on. Yeah. And then how did, how did you feel after doing that? Like, was it just like a rush? Like, yep, this is exactly what I want Oh, yeah. Do? Yeah, I loved it. 
Yeah. Uh, nice, it was exciting. Man. Just around a machine and my own piece of equipment. So, okay. Then when COVID hit back in 2020, were you really nervous about what the outcome was going to be and where you were going to be at and how you're going to weather that storm? Yes. I was pretty nervous because everybody was shutting down and businesses were shutting down and it kind of messed up everything. So a lot of people were trying to save money and not spend money. And I was pretty nervous about it. And then did you, did you see a downtick in 2020 or did you see an uptick? Uh, I don't guess necessarily it went down any. I mean, it probably, st- I think it stayed the same. I still had some customers that always call me and, you know, some people always had something going on somewhere. So, yeah. And then in what part of 2020 during that whole pandemic, did you say, okay, maybe this isn't something I really need to worry about for my business? Yeah, it was, it was a few months after COVID hit and uh, I was still kind of going, you know, so I wasn't really too worried about it a couple of months probably after COVID hit, but I was still kind of nervous a little bit. Yeah. But I think we were all nervous. I mean, it's, Oh yeah. We get, we get thrown all over the media that there's this pandemic and everyone's going to die and shelter and home. And we're like, wait a minute. Yeah. So on a personal level, in addition to business level, you're like, what, what is this? What can we expect? How do we avoid it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I started skid steer nation in, 2020 during COVID because I had taken a break from entrepreneurship for a little while and got laid yeah. off, got laid off. They did a top mm-hmm. down, top down uh, layoff from the the president of the company all through that, just because they wanted to get as lean as possible. Yeah. So I was like, well, now's mm-hmm. the time to start my business. And I've got nobody yelling at me to t- go get a yeah. job or figure out what's next. Everyone's sitting at home. So yep. to me, to me, COVID was a blessing on a professional level. And then the market, like we started selling skid steer attachments and like everybody and their brother was calling with all this work they had lined up because everybody was sitting at home and they were just Mm -hmm. staring at their yard or staring at their property. And they're like, well, I got time to get this done now. Yeah. And it almost turned in like for the excavation industry. I feel like it was like a big boom. Yeah, you're right. I mean, restaurants were shutting down, clothing stores were shutting down and excavation companies, they couldn't get their hands on enough equipment to stay up with the demand Mm -hmm. of work. Yeah. And like, you didn't yeah. even have to be active. Like people were seeking mm-hmm. out anyone that could do that type of work. Cause they just wanted those projects done around their house. Yep. A lot of people did. Yeah. A lot of people still do. So, yeah. Did you leverage that at all? Like during COVID and then coming out of that into 2021, when like things kind of get back to normal, like were you, do you feel like you were farther ahead with your business after that? I do. I do, which I, like I said, I do a lot of my advertising, plus a lot of it's word of mouth now. Um, You know, just trying to get my name out there and having people, you know, call me and friends of friends and everything else. But yeah, I think it it helped me out afterwards. Yeah, I I can, I can completely see that from that point of view. And, and when did you start? Because you got two employees now that work with you? Yes. When did you hire your first one? I guess probably about eight months ago. Okay, so just Somewhere. end of 2022. Yeah, I did hire some, you know, people here and there if I needed them or whatever. But I was trying to, you know, save every penny I could. But I got to where I, I can't run three pieces of equipment at the same time. So I had to do something. So, yeah. Was there like a, was I don't know if you think of this or not, but like, was there like a moment when you're like, okay, I've got to stop fighting the fact that I need to hire somebody? Like, 
Like walk yes. me through walk yes. me through that moment that you like, all right, it's time. Well, this you get on a job or something and you you're like, Well, I can get on this machine and or I could have somebody run this one and you know, get things done a little bit quicker, we can go on and move to the next job. Um I finally come to a point where I just said, Hey, I gotta hire somebody. There's no way around it. So but it it worked out. Were you nervous about hiring somebody? Because now you had the livelihood of another family basically in your hands. Yes, I was. And I didn't know how it was going to go. I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, I didn't want to be, which I did. I hired a couple of good good buddies of mine. So that kind of helps out too. Did, did that increase the, the fear though? Because like, man, if well, this doesn't work out, like not only do I have to fire an employee, but I got to fire a buddy and he's got to figure out what to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're kind of on the page that we know, uh, what's going on and yeah, anything can happen at any day. So, so now that you have an employee, now you actually have two now, like, do you feel more comfortable running like a legitimate business? Cause now you've got other people doing work and leveraging their time. Correct. Yes, I do. Yeah. What was the growing, it took pain? a lot of stress. Yeah. What was the growing pains that you felt? like from the initial hire to feeling mediocrely comfortable having them on the team? Well, I was just nervous about hiring an employee and I was nervous about hiring friends and stuff like that. Cause I didn't know how it was going to work out. I didn't want nobody upset with me if I had to get rid of somebody or something like that. And uh, like I said, it just completely, it kind of worked out for everybody and we all get along great. Everything yeah. So did you have to change the way you approach jobs or the communication? Like, I guess an owner, like you get to do an estimate, you see the project, you know what materials you need, you kind of know the steps you're going to take in it. And now you've got these other guys that you've got to get on the same page with you. Was that a difficult thing for you to like, go, okay, I got to get a little more structure from the beginning to the end of a project or did it just uh, come naturally? Yeah, not necessarily. I just go up there and, you know, I'll build a job and figure out the materials I need and then I just kind of tell tell them what I need done and how it needs to be done, and everybody is okay with it. Nice. So four years, I did go take a look at your website, Jeremy Jeremy's with an S, right? Jeremy's Excavating dot com. Yes. If anyone wants to go check wow. it out, it's a really nice looking website. It's, it's very informative. It talks about a lot of the services you have. It's good. You've got the 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 form that people can fill out to contact you on every page. Yep. Your phone number is mm -hmm. clickable, so on a mobile device, they can call right from it. Some really nice features in that website. Do you find that you get more calls for specific services, or is it still just a random crapshoot? Uh, everything's pretty much random. You never know what somebody's going to need. I do French drains, and you know I get calls about that, and then I get calls about demos, and uh, just pretty much everything. I mean, somebody may want me to come take one tree out. I mean, you never know. Yeah, got it. And is this is this where you envisioned like back in 2019? Are you doing and are you growing at the rate that you envisioned back then? Yeah, I, I knew that I would eventually get a little bit bigger than what I was. Um, it was uh, it took me a little while to kind of realize that it's going to it just takes time. It does. Yeah. You know, and we come from a society, man. We want everything right now. Uh, no. And that's what I was wanting. And I realized it ain't happening right now. We're just yeah. trying to grow and get there. Did you ever, did you ever, I always laugh as I, whenever we talk about people wanting things right now, I look, think back, did you ever watch the movie almost famous? I think mm -hmm. it was from, I think it was back in like the late nineties, but it was basically this young kid in the seventies that was following a band and he was writing a story on him for Rolling Stone. 
and then he gets huh. caught in the band life and everything. But towards the end of the movie, the editor from Rolling Stone goes, hey, I need you to go down to this copy store and send me what you've got written. He's like, well, how am I going to send it to you? And he's like, well, they have this thing called a fax machine. He's like, what's that? And he's like, well, you put it in the machine and it sends it over to me and you can send one page every 18 minutes. How fucking cool is that? Like, <laughs> they were excited about one page for every 18 minutes. <laughs> and you know, you just look at it now, uh, like, man, we're 50 years later and we don't even want to wait eight seconds exactly we're ready for it to go <laughs> yeah yeah so whenever i talk about things i just got it's a good reminder for me to go we've come so far like what's yep. 10 seconds? we have a long ways yeah nice so what what services do you enjoy doing the most like the land clearing the demo uh something i else? like doing some land clearing but I, I like the demos uh the swimming pool demos you know but i do also like going in from scratch and then making my stuff look excellent when I leave. So, yeah. uh, I mean, it's just night and day compared to when we begin. So when we finish, so. Yeah. I just find that guys like, like you, that uh, you get a little bit of variety in all the type of calls you get. And you're like, yeah, absolutely. We can do yes. that. And you take pride yes. in all that, but every now and then there's a service, like a type of work that you're like, sweet. I get to do that one again. Mm. I really enjoy doing yeah. it. So for you, that's, that, that's pool tear outs. I'll, yeah, well, I like the, the house demos and stuff like that. I I like that more than anything. Do you? Now, down in your area, like here in Illinois, it's really hard to break into the demo industry because there's dedicated mm -hmm. companies and they've got a processing plant. They're reusing the brick. They've got, you know, and the yeah. rates at the dump are so much less expensive. Do you have that down where you're at or is it a little bit? No, freer? it's different. Yeah, okay. we don't have none of that. Everything that we take out goes to a landfill yeah i mean they don't i mean i guess that what's they don't reuse anything i mean okay not on house demos and stuff yeah and then if somebody out there in another state was thinking about demo being the right thing for them like what are a few things that you had to learn the hard way at the beginning like was it utilities permits the way yeah, the permits called? the permits were was a little difficult it, last time I went up there to get a permit, I was up there for about five hours trying to get a permit. And it was just in and out. I had to go get this, go get that. And it's just, it's, it was crazy. Yeah. Permits are the worst. Yeah. And I find the permits really, the time frame to get them really depends on your relationship with the people in the office. Correct. I mean, they can make uh, yeah, your life a I, living hell. Oh, yes, they can because they don't have to give you nothing. Yeah, and then you get these people that go work eight hours a day, go home and eat bonbons, watch TV, but at yep. the office, they've got the power, and man, they want to wield it sometimes. Yep. Oh, man. So you talk about Facebook as kind of being your core marketing driver for mm -hmm. getting phone calls and leads. Do you just simply post to your business page and share it on your personal page, or is there anything that that's worked well for you over the last few years with that approach? I just, I, I buy the ads. I'll, I'll pay for an ad to get sent out and you can go in there and click your area you want to, you know, service. And I usually stay, you know, up from Little Rock, you know, down south. I think it does like a 50 mile radius. Okay. And you can spend whatever you want to. Have you found that what you write or the image you use makes a difference in how well it works? Uh, Well, if you put a, a picture of the before and after. That's what I think people want to see. 
uh, you can show the before and after and maybe somebody else wants the same thing done or something. But uh, I don't necessarily think it's just any picture. I mean, you could you could put anything on there. I could probably just put my logo on there or something. You'd probably get something off of it. Yeah. We, we have found just like my own testing with, with ads for some excavation companies and working with other guys that, like you talked about, the before and afters are showing... Mm-hmm. We we forget that the customer has a problem that we need to solve. Yeah, you know, a picture of your skid steer mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't take them on the path of what their problem is to what they get yep. when they hire you. Exactly. And um, and I probably sound like a broken record because I think I talk about it on just about every episode. But like, you've got to take that customer on a journey from their problem mm-hmm. to the solution and the outcome they get. Yeah. And those mm-hmm. before and after photos are the easiest way to do it because they're be like, oh, I've got overgrown brush in my backyard yep. or I've got mm-hmm. a dilapidated building in the back 40. And then when you yep. show that and then it's gone and cleaned and ready for whatever use, they can they can visualize their own property or their own project. Mm-hmm. Yes. So like that's always a big thing for me is like when in doubt, use a good photo or photos that take them on a journey of a project and then. If you write, I always say problem, solution, outcome. What's the problem the customers have? Yep. What's the solution mm-hmm. that you provide? And what's the outcome they can expect to get when they hire you? Yeah. Yeah, that's all correct. Yeah, because then, I mean, it's, and and I love that that problem, solution, outcome strategy. And if you, I find that if guys get it in their head, no matter what you're trying to advertise or what you're trying to do, you can tell a story. Yes. Yeah, you, you know, can. You don't have to start from scratch. You can think of any job you've done and you can write a story about it and use it for an ad or a post or a case study yeah, to hand to people. You can. And it's just, it's a very easy framework to minimize the stress of how to market. Because let's be honest, you didn't come from a marketing background and it was all new to you. No. Yes. And, you know, and I'm assuming Everything you did a new. lot of stumbles and spent a lot of money on things that didn't work to figure oh. out what did work. Oh, Yes. Yeah, a lot. And um, until you go through some of that processes, like I, I, following that problem solution outcome, it just a, it just can minimize the the downs because yes. people can always relate to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we talked about giving some advice to anyone looking to get started in a business, and I preach this. So when I read your answer, I got a big smile on my face. But like you, you're like, make sure you know what you're doing which is one thing, but then you follow that up with, if you don't know something, ask someone. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, I preach, find a mentor, get somebody that can guide you through the process. Who did you, who did you rely on in your journey? Well, like I said, my buddy, uh, which we're not working together anymore, but he taught me a lot. He did. He taught me, he was already in this for a couple of years. He, but he taught me everything. I pretty much, I know now. There's some things that I've learned on my own, but a lot of it come from him. And he taught me a whole lot because I was in this, going in this in the blind. I didn't know what was going on. I was just trying something new. Yeah. And do you feel like looking back without him and you, if you just started this on your own and not had him as like a partner at the time or like somebody you could learn from, do you feel you'd still be where you are today? I think so. I have a pretty decent drive on me. Um, if I didn't know, then I would figure it out or I would find a way to, you know, go put in a septic tank or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would figure it out one way or another. 
Yeah. I just, I'm a firm believer that like without him, like, I think you'd still be in business, but is there a chance that we'd be at 2020 end of 2021 beginning of 2022 levels because it took longer to learn those lessons and you it wouldn't have probably could have. Yeah. Like yes. we just shrink I down mean, the if, time frame of success when we get yes. outside help. Probably so. Yes. Yeah. We talked to a guy in North Carolina and he says what, what he did in the first six months of business would have taken him at least 18 months without having the guidance of the guy he leaned on. Yeah. Yeah. It would, it would, it, it would take longer for sure. Yeah. And, and let's be honest, the goal is to be as successful as possible as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if that's your goal, then I don't see a pride issue in asking for help from other people, in my opinion. Oh, no, no. I don't I have no problem asking the question. Yeah. I think that's great advice. And I think it, it, I, I love that people get to hear that from other people that are out grinding and doing this mm-hmm. work. Be like, it's okay not to know everything. It's not okay not yes. to ask somebody for help. Correct. Yes, it is. And some people, you get some of those guys out there that act like they know everything and then they go out there and screw something up because they want you to think that they know mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. And like losing money is one aspect of that. But like the thing that you mentioned, which I don't know if you have any firsthand experience with it, but like if you do a project you've never done before and you're not sure how to do it, the, the risk and probability of yourself or somebody working with you getting injured yes. increases drastically. Yes, it does. Yeah. Have you had any issues like that throughout your journey yet? Or you've been uh, pretty, pretty safe? Well, I, well, I tell the guys that safety is number one. I don't care about this equipment. Your life matters to me. So uh, I try not to put them in any kind of harm's way or anything. And they know now kind of what's going on and what they need to do to keep everything safe. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I find myself personally, like when I'm in a situation where it could get a little sketchy, like my gut will tell me mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, this could get a little sideways. And my head's like, no, we got to get it done. And yeah. I'm like, trust your gut. Man. Uh-huh. Like, Let's take back. Yep. Let's reassess. I've been there. Like, the gut's never wrong. <laughs> nope. It's not. Like if you're, like, And I don't care if you're talking about your wife, your kids, your business, whatever. Like if your head and your gut aren't in alignment, trust your gut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. That like, is it. it. It, it's it's never wrong man it's never wrong so is there a time in your journey over the last four years uh, you did a project and like from start to finish you're like holy shit this was perfect this is uh, this is exactly the way i want to keep duplicating to get my business to grow and get bigger like did you have an aha moment yes well yeah we we just recently did a land clearing job and it turned out really amazing um uh, from the root wrecking to you know, taking down every tree to slicking the whole place off and plus doing a house pad and everything. Mm-hmm. So it turned out really nice. And and was it just doing the actual work that went smooth or was it like from the beginning of the process to the end that you're like, wow, this is how I need to make sure I plan other projects? Yeah, it was pretty much pretty much the whole, the whole job. You know, some jobs go smooth and some jobs, you know, they take a little longer. Something can happen. You might blow a hose or track fall off or anything. Yeah. So, but it, it, some jobs are smoother than others for sure. Mm-hmm. No, that's so true. And then <laughs> this is my favorite question to ask you guys. You get into this industry because you like doing the work. Like you like being in the machine. Mm-hmm. You like digging. You like the sound of the engine, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you quickly realize, oh man, this is an actual business. And there's a lot of tasks that I have to do 
outside yes. of the business. Like what tasks did you struggle with the most or do you still struggle with or that you just hate doing? All the accounting stuff, all the accounting, all the, you know, the getting all my tax stuff together. That's the only part that I really hate. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't like paying bills. My wife pays all the bills, so I don't ever do none of that. But the accounting part and trying to figure out where everything's going and this and that, that's the part I hate about everything on it. Yeah, I think a lot of guys are in that same boat where, you know, myself included, like I, I hate bookkeeping and accounting. Mm-hmm. Yes. If I got to do more than 10 minutes of it, I'm not in a good mood. Yep. Um, that's me. Yeah, I don't know if I'm just like I don't know if we're just wired where our brains are always running and to sit down and stare at those numbers just uh-huh. notness or what it is. Um, but I found that I ask better questions, like <clears throat> like for instance, all my receipts. I'm like, how do I find a way to like make this as quickly as possible? Right. So I found an app that links uh-huh. my my into my QuickBooks and I just take a photo of it. And I think QuickBooks app actually you can take photos of it. Um, See, that's what I'm on is QuickBooks. Yeah. But I think if you have the app on your phone, you can just snap photos of all those receipts and then you can throw them hmm. away. So like, to me, oh, that was a big time do. saver because now I don't have a I don't yeah. have a filing cabinet of 700 receipts from the year. Uh-huh. And you look at that and you got a nine hour project to organize them for the accountant. And you're like, oh, God. So like now it's all yeah. in there. They're just in a file um, yes. you know, once a week, once a month, kind of like, all right, this was fuel. This was materials. Mm-hmm. This was advertising. Yep. Um, and it just kind of makes that process towards the end a little bit smoother. And then it's the best money I spend, but I, I hired a really, mm-hmm. really good bookkeeper Yeah, because paying that additional money to make sure that it's done right. And I don't have to worry about it is worth the mm-hmm. peace of mind. And I yeah. never have that. I never have that feeling in the back of my head, like, Oh God, I got to do accounting after I get off this task that mm-hmm. I'm doing today. Is there anything in your business that you have outsourced either? Like your wife pays your bills. Technically, that's kind of outsourcing. But is there any other areas of your business that you look at and you're like, mm-hmm. I need somebody else to do this? Or is it just the accountant? Uh, I get someone to do all, all my hauling. I don't I don't have a dump truck. I thought about buying one, but I heard they're very expensive. I got a couple of buddies down here that's got dump trucks, and they've spent a, a lot of money, a shit ton of money on it. And uh, I just didn't want that liability. Yeah. So I just outsourced that. So subcontract for me on my hauling and stuff. Does that work well for you? Do you have any issues with that? Yes. No. So like they're reliable and like when you they say they're going to be there, they're there. Because that's a that's yes. the biggest concern with subcontracting is how reliable is the sub. Yeah, I've been really good friends with uh for sure two of them, actually three of them that I call. I got three different companies that I can call and get anything I need. Usually they're right on it whenever I call them. Very nice. Very nice. Do you, so you intend to continue doing that subcontracting? I don't necessarily say that. I would. I'd like to have a dump truck, um, just for myself, just for like the demos and my own hauling and stuff because I know I could save a lot of money. Yeah. But right now, I didn't want the overhead and I didn't want the liability of breakdowns and you know this and that. Then I have to hire another driver and everything else. Right. I know I know a couple of guys that I've talked to the last few months, instead of going the dump truck route, they just went for that massive God, I'm I'm losing my mind today. The the fifth wheel style um gooseneck, sorry, there it is. Go, the gooseneck dump trailers that are like twenty four foot long. Yeah, like see I got a sixteen three fifties. Yeah, I got a sixteen foot dump trailer and that's 
basically where I started at before this, I was hauling rock SB2 every day. Mm-hmm. I did that for a, about a year and I've had it ever since, which we ended up with two of them now, but I'd like to eventually get me a bigger one or, you know, a dump truck one. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. So where do you see Jeremy's excavating in 2025, 2028? Uh, hopefully bigger than what it is now. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Like how, how much bigger? Like what, like if you closed your eyes and you're looking back at 2025 at the journey and where you, how you got to where you are, like what's, what's it look like? I would hope I would double the size at least. Okay. So four or five employees on your team plus yourself. That would be enough for me. A couple more pieces of equipment. And then is that kind of like, is that the level you want to hit? Uh, Not necessarily. I would like to get a lot bigger than that. Okay. But by 25 or 26, I would hope to have maybe four employees and a few more pieces of equipment, a couple more trucks. Yeah. I love it, man. Your kids, are they both, they both girls? Is that? No, I have a girl. My my daughter's sixteen, and my son is fifteen. Your son's fifteen. How's your son like the excavating business, or does he have no interest in? He's it? in the he's in the basketball. Yeah, I've tried to get him to go out there and help me, and he flipped my skid steer over one day. So, <laughs> I think they do that shit on purpose, so you don't ask him to do it. Again. I think so. <laughs> I think so because he is that type too. Yeah. That's like when my mom told me to do my laundry my, myself and I made sure to mess it up. So she quit asking me to do my own laundry. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that's funny, man. So, so he may or may not have an interest in the future, but currently it's not like something that he's drawn to. I think my daughter's more interested than my son is. Oh, no kidding. She's, she does, uh, she works with her, her grandpa mowing yards, building fences, and they take down like little small sheds. They do everything by hand though. Mm-hmm. And, and she's doing that um, like on a regular basis with them every day during the summer she's that's working awesome mm-hmm. that's awesome are you are you any intentions of putting her in a machine next year or two uh yes she wanted to try to learn but i told her i said you can't leave your grandpa stranded you know what i mean i don't he don't need to be by himself he's an older guy yeah so. that's so cool man mm-hmm. that's so cool Somebody's listening to this podcast. They're either just bought a piece of equipment or they're on the brink of buying equipment and doing exactly what you did in 2019. What's the best advice you can give them? Go with it. Don't look back. You already bought it. You get you. It's going to be hard to try to sell it. So you got to put that thing to work to make some money. Um, just advertise. And I mean, if you got to go door to door, throw out some cards, do whatever you got to do to try to, bring in some income yeah so hustle you hustle. hustle yes and then i was whenever i was on the verge to quit my job i had a buddy that stepped out and went on his own he's an electrician though and he said your biggest fear is going to be you got to jump he said you can't think about it he said you just got to go he said if you think about it you're not going to do it and he was right it was scary very scary we i call that burning the boats mm-hmm. so like Cortez dropped his troops off. I don't remember what country they were going to, to, to take the land over. And when they got there, he burned all the ships they floated over on. And the whole mm-hmm. army's like, what are you doing? He's like, you either survive and we win or you die. Yeah. But we're not yeah. retreating. Nope. We're not retreating. So like those guys that are like, well, I still work full time and I do this on the weekends. And I'm like, I always think if you're 40, 
eh, 50 to 70% comfortable with the income you're getting, just make the jump because you will leapfrog. Well, that's exactly where I was. I was making more money in a weekend than I was, you know, a week or two at work. Was it a quick decision for you or did it take a lot of, did it take some time to uh, really? It took a couple of months, a few months, actually. I wanted to do it. My wife, who was nervous, she was like, I don't know if we need to do this, you know, right now, but it's worked well ever since, you know, I, and I tell myself all the time there, it'd be a cold day in hell before I go back and work for somebody. Yeah. I mean, I got freedom now and I don't have to, I have to listen to, you know, the customers and stuff, but if I want to take off a day, I take off a day. Yeah. What has that freedom done for your personal life? Like, do you feel you have oh, a better relationship? Yes. Yes. It's, uh, it's a lot less stress. It's, um, I mean, all the way around, it's better. Yeah. Now I know there's a lot of guys out there right now going bullshit. It's more stress, mm -hmm. but. <laughs> well, it, it is stressful, like on the job situation, you know, make sure you have income, stuff like that. But still, if I want to go up to the lake or something, you know, it's it kind of ease your mind a little bit anyway. Yeah. Do you do a good job of separating work from time to time so that you're present with the family or for yourself to go do some hobbies you enjoy doing? No. No, <laughs> no, it's, it's just, it's summertime and this is the time you got to grind. Yep. But like, what about when October, November hits and things don't yeah, stop? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll slow down a little bit then. Yeah. Does your I mind will, slow down uh, though? No, no, no. I'm, I'm usually up and doing something. I'm usually outside 24 seven if I can. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh man. We've kind of went over your journey and. Mm -hmm. And how you got to where you're at, your goals for where you want to go. We've talked a little bit about your personal life, the jobs you really enjoy doing, the marketing that's worked for you, finding people to fill in tasks that you hate doing, which I think is key to grow a good business. Yep. But uh, anything else that's on your mind? I mean, I'm good. You're good? I mean, I don't really have a lot of anything else on my mind. I was just talking to you. Yeah, absolutely, man. What's the next piece of equipment you're looking to add to the fleet? Uh, I was debating on a multer head, which I got a dozer skid steering excavator, but I'd like to, I'd actually like to have a bigger excavator. I'd like to get me about a two thirty or something like that. Okay. Do you just find that you're getting some work that you're, you're stressing and taxing out your current excavator? Yes. And you did that at the beginning too, because you started with a mini and had to go up Yes. for the same reasons. Yes. Yeah. Would you keep the one you currently have for transportation yes. and smaller jobs? Okay. Correct. So I would. You just I want to add it. another excavator to the fleet. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. There's a few jobs that I could use it on. So. Yeah, but there's a lot of jobs you could continue to use your smaller one on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are you able to break your crew up, or do all three of you have to work on the same job? Like, could you go do two no, or three small we, jobs separately? Yes. Yeah. And a few times I have. A lot of times I try to stick together because you get one job done a little bit quicker, or you know, something like that. Um, but I have put all three of us somewhere. Yeah. Do you find that you guys all kind of address the project in a similar manner from yes. start to finish? And did you did yes. you focus on that as a priority or did it just organically happen? It kind of just happened. I mean, yeah. we just we know it needs to look good. And when we leave, it needs to be what the customer wants. Very nice. I think there's a lot of guys out there that struggle with that with the employees. And I always tell them it's your hiring process. Yes. Like you're so worried about finding somebody with experience that you don't find somebody with the same care that you have for the customer. Exactly. And I can see that in some people, but uh, we all, like I said, we get along great. Whatever I ask them to do, they do it. 
they don't say nothing about it. We may have different opinions on things of, you know, maybe we could do it this way and it'll be a little bit easier or it'll look a little bit better. And I'm all, all ears for everything. So. Yeah. I, I find that that does two things. One, you could possibly learn something and you go, man, shit. Yeah. Right. And then two, mm-hmm. if you give them the ability to be heard, they're just part mm-hmm. of the team, man. Like you're building your yep. own little community and they have more buy-in in the company. Yes. You know, nobody likes to be micromanaged 24 seven. Oh no. And I don't do that. And I'm very lenient on anything. I usually don't say nothing uh, about nothing. Yeah. But they're usually careful and do a good job. Yeah. I just, you hear as these, some of these owners, they grow their business. Like we'll talk and I'll be like, why did you leave your last job to start your business? And it always goes back mm-hmm. to the owner or the boss. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, well, why yeah. are you becoming that guy? And they're like, you just see yeah. their eyes go, holy shit, I am. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're creating yeah. the same environment you left. And then you're mad. These guys don't stay. Uh-huh. You're like, exactly you've right. got to break the cycle and you've got to be aware of it and do it differently than the way you were trained as an employee when you work for somebody else. Yes. And I've been in that situation and I don't like it. Right. But again, if you started acting that way and your guys left and you would blame the guys and it's their fault, they suck at work. And then we don't <laughs> ever know. look at ourselves, man. I know. Yep. We got to break the cycle. There's somebody always to blame. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I um, I read a book by Jocko Wilnick and it's called Extreme Ownership. And it, and it literally says anything your team member does was your responsibility. And that mm-hmm. extreme ownership and allows me, like that extreme ownership allows me to have much better conversations with my team and take losses yes. and failures and turn them into learning experiences. Like we had one mm-hmm. where she typed in the wrong numbers on a shipping bill. And the shipping cost went from $350 to $2,200. And like, oh, man. oh, I mean, it was like, whoa. It wasn't like a small mistake, like that whole process of the sale and everything, like cost us money for this guy to get his yeah. equipment, like a lot of money mm-hmm. for that one. Yeah. But instead of getting angry and at, like, shit, she wrote 10 instead of a hundred, right? For inches. Yeah. Anyone could happen. So what, how do we fix this? Like, what did I not provide her with a checklist or a, a Hey, a double check system? Yeah. Like I didn't build a system good enough to catch that error. And mm-hmm. now I can adjust the problem and I can work with her and she's not on pins and needles because i'm yelling at yes and Uh just that little bit of approach of like whenever something wrong happens it's my fault yes but then i also say whenever something great happens it's because of them Mm -hmm. because they're the ones doing the work and it's exactly it's you know it's a it's a conflicting mindset and it took me a Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen overnight yes but um yeah i and the, what worked for me was like when I would get angry, just take a breath. I'd turn off the Zoom call. I'd walk out of the meeting, whatever it was, and say, give me five. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. just, then come back and say, okay, how do we address this? What's the problem? Mm-hmm. How do we go from there? Like in my 20s, when I owned businesses, I was the hothead that when the emotion hit, the words came out of the mouth. Yeah. And it was never good for anybody, including myself. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I think that's probably my biggest advice for these, like for guys coming up is just like, always make sure you make decisions with a level head. It's okay to sleep mm-hmm. on it. Oh yes. Like, mm-hmm. It's okay to sleep. And it's definitely okay to tell a customer. No. Yes. And I have plenty because never know. They might want you to do some, something crazy or drastic. And I'm, 
you know, I don't mind telling them no, or you can try to see if somebody else will do it. Yeah. Like every customer isn't yours. Like you're not a good fit for everybody. Exactly. And and the yes. faster you learn you're that right. lesson, the more you can grow your business and find customers mm-hmm. that are a good fit for you. Like if you're yes. always wor- if you're always worried about the check clearing the bank when you finish a job, like you're probably not working with the right mm-hmm. customers. Yeah. Exactly. You're right there. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> what's what's my approach? Why am I attracting all these people? How do I change that? Uh-huh. So well, good deal, man. Jeremy, I can't thank you enough for jumping on today and uh, being a part of the show. I like that. I like I, my takeaway from today is like you, you're very level headed. You don't make drastic decisions. Incremental small growth is the plan. It's mm, sustainable. Yes. And if you keep mm-hmm. doing it day in and day out, you're going to reach the long term goal probably sooner than you would if you tried to reach for it sooner. Um, yes. You know, treat everybody kind. Give them the benefit of the doubt, ask for help, mm-hmm. and um, find an avenue for marketing that works for you and your business in your area and stay with it. Yep. So I think I think there's a lot of great advice that you gave to the listeners out there today. I really like your approach to how you started and grew your business. And and I can't thank you enough again for coming on the show and and, and sharing your experience and stories with us today. Yes, sir. I'm I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Listeners out there, if you like Jeremy's story and you want to be on that same track and you want to see that incremental growth that you can literally build a sustainable business from, you're not sure how to do it, head over to groundbreakinggrowth.com. Groundbreakinggrowth.com is a division of Skid Steer Nation. It is where I work with excavation company owners to help you structure, systemize, increase your profits, and develop a culture for you to be able to grow and build a team over time. We have a 100% money back guarantee. If you don't like it, it's not very expensive in the grand scheme of what you guys spend on equipment. And you work with me directly. There's no other team members that you're going to deal with. There's not a guy out there that thinks he knows business strategies and success. You work with me directly. Groundbreakinggrowth.com. If you like what you see, fill out the form. You'll have a call with me and we can move forward and see if I'm a good fit for you. So until the next episode, guys, thanks for checking out the Skid Steer Nation podcast. And Jeremy, thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Thank you.